You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guests of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be hearing about Bitches in Stitches, which is a six woman squad producing comedy shows that shine a light on topics that were once thought to be too woman orientated for mainstream comedy in Hong Kong. And I'm really delighted to have in the studio Fran Ayala and also Danny Higginbotham joining us this afternoon. And they're the co producers of Bitches and Stitches. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Fran and Danny. Thanks for, Thank having, you for us. having us. We are live this afternoon on Facebook, so I'd love for our listeners to, to be viewers today and join us there as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, Fran, I'll start off with you first. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Bitches and Stitches. What is the idea behind it? So Bitches and Stitches is an all-female comedy collective of um, different performers from different backgrounds who are based here in Hong Kong. But we've come together as a troupe to really shine a light on um, topics that aren't so widely covered in comedy and also just to, um, to champion representation in the scene. Yeah, what sorts of topics are you talking about? Um, they're a very diverse range. Um, we've got comedians, as I said, from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, so they could range from, say, jokes about the realities of motherhood that are unfiltered compared to what you might see on Instagram. Or there could be jokes about, um, for me, just what it's like being an expat in Hong Kong um, or a Filipino woman. Um, there's just so many, I guess, female-orientated topics that we like to talk about um, to um, champion that representation, I suppose. And both of you are sort of uh, in the entertainment scene and the comedy scene as well. Mm -hmm. Are these topics not sort of seen before or sort of portrayed differently? Da Danny, you, you're, you're a stand-up comedy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say we're kind of putting a different perspective on it. Not as good as you it. guys. It's not been covered as good as you guys. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not gonna diss any other comedians. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, definitely we're bringing a different perspective to it. Um, our else... Um, our troop is also very um, LGBTQ oriented too, um, so kind of having that extra perspective on it, and then, you know, we're kind of in intercultural relationships, so that's like a whole new spin on things, and the idea of raising a child in Hong Kong as opposed to you know our home countries. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot more different perspective on things. And well, that's just something for everyone, really. Yeah. Um, yes, what I will say is our goal when we formed this group was just to um, have more representation. Um, the goal for the comedy scene in Hong Kong really is we've always wanted to grow and broaden the audience. And in terms of broadening our audience, then we, what we wanted to do with Bitches and Stitches was just cater to a very specific female audience, but not have it be limited to a certain kind of female. Yeah, absolutely. Why is representation so important? Because it's true, if you if you look at sort of stand-up comedy or comedy, a lot of the times, um, the, the ones that we're exposed to, are sort of uh, middle-aged uh, white men, really. I think it's changing uh, very mm. slowly and you're sort of getting more and more representation. But um, I think in your ensemble, there are sort of gays and trans. Um, why is it so important to have that sort of representation in the sphere? Everyone deserves to see themselves. Yeah. And the things that make a middle-aged white guy laugh aren't necessarily going to be the same things that mm. make you know, a, a trans person laugh or a, 
you know, an LGBT uh, teacher in Hong Kong laugh. So it just, it diversifies what people can see. And there's definitely a need for it. You know, we have people who come to other shows and they see us and they're like, oh my God, you're bitches and stitches. I've been trying to go to your show for months, but you're always sold out. <laughs> so yeah, a uh, little bit of a, you know, prop for us. <laughs> Um, so there's definitely there's there's a want for it. There's a want to see different types of humor expressed on stage. Yeah. And I think it's important to champion that diversity and that representation, especially in a city like Hong Kong. We are such um, a small city with a high concentration of people from all sorts of backgrounds and all walks of life. And I think that needs to be replicated in not just in the entertainment scene, but just wherever we can because the people who make this city what it is you know deserve to be seen and deserve um to have that representation in in entertainment yeah do you sometimes do serious topics sort of wrapped in comedy and and how might comedy sort of help deliver a, a deeper message i do um i like speaking about mental health in yeah. my bits and especially with first we had a year of protests and then we've had a year of covid so it's really a topic that everybody can relate to at this point absolutely and packaging something as a joke makes it hurt less it makes it sting less and it makes it more relatable to people who are watching you um so it kind of just it takes away a bit of that that pain that we've all felt over the last year to be like ha 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 i don't know how to talk to people anymore because i just spend all day <laughs> with my cat and everyone's like yep yeah, same so it's 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 a way of bonding with other people and what i will say about comedy and what what i personally just love so much about um about this medium of expression is that it is something that is designed to make an audience look at what might be considered an everyday topic in a new perspective through a different lens and ultimately what our role is as performers is to deliver joy and whether you are talking about something that might be a little bit challenging to wrap your head around or might be a little bit uncomfortable, I think using comedy as a medium to um, normalize certain topics that might be considered taboo is is really interesting and I think it's a really amazing art form in that sense. Absolutely. I think to be able to make the audience laugh and then as they're laughing come to a realization makes them think mm. and then you know it just takes it just you know transports them on, on a different journey as well and they leave sort of feeling good with that sort of feel good feeling but also something in them changes a little bit yeah. and also just to your point Danny you know to be able to cover mental health in a in a sort of lighter way because a lot of the times it is a serious topic and for some people it's a taboo to discuss mental health but it's so important because it's on mental health yeah and and to be able to sort of uh, shine a light on it in, in a in a humorous way um kudos and, and more power uh, to you both so how do you come up with material and what sorts of uh, scenarios uh, what's the process um danny maybe you go first um, I wish I had a more detailed explanation of how I sit down and come up with material, but usually what happens is I'm trying to fall asleep <laughs> and then all of a sudden just like Brain come wave. up with some idea and like, you know, like, like, um, swap my fiance and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this joke idea? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm actually trying to figure out like, how do you, how do you force the creative process rather than just 
I'm taking a shower and oh oh my god you know what if Cinderella were turned into the pumpkin at the end of the night or something like that and yeah um, it's not it's, at all do not qualify because yeah. a lot of times you know we ask that question but to be honest there isn't that sort of profound aha moment it really is when you're doing the everyday stuff yeah like falling asleep and taking a shower yeah and then, <laughs> well, hopefully um, and and these ideas just sort of come to you are you a bit of a sort of um, people observer? Do you like to watch people? I don't mean in a weird sort of way. Because no, I watch we... people in a creepy way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do too. You know, sometimes when you, when you want to get ideas for shows or for books, or, I mean, we often interview authors and, and performers. And one thing that people have in common is that you guys are people watchers and yeah. like to observe how people... Um, so what do you do when, when you're in that? Do you sort of jot down ideas? Does it sort of... If you don't write it down, does it leave your head? Absolutely. I'm I'm one of those people. I keep my I have a very meticulous planner, and if I don't write something down, I will lose it. So I've kind of when I come up with these like you know random nighttime jokes, we've got to like take out the notes app on our phone and like <laughs> and like write it down. And I've tried suggesting like what if we just like tape a notepad to the side of the wall so I can just, just like write it in yeah. the middle of the night. Um, because yeah, otherwise I'm like oh, I had something really really funny last night. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> and it's or straight out of the mind yeah. already. Um, Fran, what about for you? What sorts of things do you is your comedy about? And yeah, how, what's the sort of process f for your creativity? Um, I th would like to classify my comedy as, I guess, shocking. Maybe um, I sort like, of like to, in your face. It's it's pretty in your face. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain topics that make certain types of people squirm, and I love to joke about that while I look them in the <laughs> eye. Uh, <laughs> I just um, I I like to gear my comedy, I guess, towards normalizing things that don't necessarily need to be taboo in this day and age. Um, I talk about racial stereotypes. I talk about body image issues. Um, I talk about unconscious bias and, you know, wow, very uh, other, serious topics but also like through the lens think. of yeah, yeah, random things like the length of one's pubic hair or <laughs> being offered a seat on the bus because people think I'm pregnant, but I'm actually oh, plus size. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I get that. Uh, yeah. That's um, why I get offered seats on the MTR. Yeah. Do, what do you do in that scenario? Do, do you take it? I mean. I usually take it because I don't want to embarrass the other person. Oh, yeah. And then you got to, like, really exaggerate it. You know, like, put your hand oh, on your yeah. belly and just be like, oh, yeah, I thank you. you. <laughs> um, Little Winston is so grateful. What sorts of reactions do you get from the audience, I mean, during the show and perhaps even after the performance? Do they, do they come up to you and say, that really resonates? I mean, yeah, what, what sorts of uh, feedback do you get? We, we do get those people coming up to us after the show, especially women who are like, oh, I have never laughed so hard at someone. Like, it was so funny to see, like, you know, I've been in this exact scenario. Like, I, I have I have jokes about um, uh, being on dating apps and stuff like that. And then, you know, you end up, like, meeting someone and they sleep on a bare mattress on the floor. And they're like, oh, my God, that's happened to me so many times. And it feels so good to have people come up to you and say that you made them laugh. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, we're probably not going to change the world through comedy. But at this point in time, everything else is so serious. So if you can give someone that little laugh to kind of break up the, mute, the monotony of the day, that's 
that's an awesome feeling. Yeah, and don't they say laughter is the best medicine? So perhaps you're giving people the best, me- the yeah, much needed be. medicine. Yeah, uh, during these oh, we hope so. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about for you then, Fran? Well, what sorts of uh, reaction after you've sort of stared somebody in their eye and <laughs> delivered? <laughs> um, I have had mixed reactions. The majority <laughs> of which I've gotten, though, will start with, "Well, I've never heard anyone say that," um, but. Mostly, it's a lot of women and some men as well who just say, that is hilarious. I didn't think anyone would ever make a joke about that. But it's it's nice to, I guess, find somebody or connect with someone over the hilarity um, that could happen in everyday life yeah. um, and just kind of feel, um, feel seen because of it. You know, I mean, I get something out of out of being able to share my experience and being able to entertain people with it. And hopefully, you know, I make them feel less weird about having gone through the same situation. Yeah. One uh, really interesting and re- really wonderful thing about comedy is a lot of the times it's uh, it's so um, sort of two-way, you know. It really depends on the energy, on the mood of the audience as well. You can have a whole set planned, but the jokes can be maybe in a different order, just depending on how the crowd reacts. Um, how do you sort of get the crowd excited and I must say there are some people go to a comedy show in a really bad mood and just sort of expect or demand people to make them up which kudos to to stand-up comedians because it's difficult to make somebody happy or laugh when they don't even really want to be there in the first place what do you do in that situation how do you handle hecklers Danny I'm I'm feeling kind of grateful that I've only seriously been heckled once um, people in Hong Kong generally, they're quite, you, they might not laugh, but they're not going to try to like bring you down. Um, but you really have to like, it really helps when you're not the first person on a show. <laughs> so then you can sort of watch, uh, how the comedian on stage is doing and watch the audience. And then you can have that extra time to sort of change your set based off how the audience is reacting. Like I might, if I notice there's more women in the audience, I might kind of change my set. Um, maybe take away some of the stuff about, you know, living in Hong Kong and focus yeah. more on like relationships mm. and like, um, so yeah, you definitely have, I think most comedians have their sort of, they have a solid five that they've tried and tested and works in like every situation. And then you kind of work off base the audience, um, your other jokes that you're confident with. Yeah. And and when do you sort of decide when to try like experimental stuff, like experimental uh, material, just when the crowd sort of gets going? And if it's a sort of dry crowd, just yeah. don't use that as a testing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it depends on, you know, how the crowd's reacting, um, how many gin and tonics you've had. Um, there's just like a whole bunch of factors that come into play on that. <laughs> yeah. Fran, what about for you? Um. Well, I went first um, at my show last <laughs> night. I was hosting. Um, the thing is, you never know how anyone's feeling once they walk in there. Mm-hmm. You just know that they're walking in there expecting to be entertained. Um, That's a, no pressure, but that is a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some people might be receptive to it. Some people might not be. And um, it's it's just it's good to know that. A, if there's not the immediate, um, I guess, you know, guffaws that you're expecting, that you can at least reach into your back pocket for jokes that you might have been saving for that occasion. Amazing. Or if all else fails, big up the next performer. Yeah, um, yeah then it's their fault. Then it's their problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you take I, care of this. I love that. Uh, you know, as comedians, you find com- comedy in the sort of nature of it all. Uh, Rose Page writes onto our Facebook Live, by the way, and she says, I'm the same, right best when trying to sleep. So it seems like it's a common theme. Big fan of you, uh, uh, Rose uh, Rage. There, sorry, Rose Rage. Hi, Rose. Um, <laughs> hi, Rose. <laughs> Big shout out. Do you often uh, exchange material? We've got a minute left. Do you often exchange materials? And is there a sort of link between the, the acts? I wouldn't say between the acts necessarily. I mean, it is quite normal to like sort of call back to yeah. a previous comedian when you go on stage. But we do bounce material off each other. Because we watch each other at open mics or at other yeah. shows. Um, we have writing partners in the group as well. And yeah. we just thrive off of that feedback. And while the material is diverse, it's still all in the name of championing or going against unconscious bias. Yeah. Uh, finally, I know you're sold out for July. You've got some shows coming up in August and September. That's right. Have you got a website? Where can we find out more and to buy tickets? Where can we go to? Danny? Uh, we are on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Bitches and Stitches HK. Um, and that's where we post all of our updates about our upcoming shows. Plus, we are on Facebook. It's uh, Bitches and Stitches HK. But the but I the, and Bitches is a one. Is a one because of Facebook's rules. Um, so definitely follow us on there. And you could even follow our individual pages because we're all very invested in you know, making our collective the best it can be. Um, so, yeah, please follow us. And Excellent. Then, yeah. And thank you so much for, for joining us today, Danny and Fran. I really enjoyed learning so much about the world of women in comedy. And I really look forward to having you back on next time on the program. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks so much, Noreen.